Uh, how uh, come when we do them at 7.30, you're having dinner then and then... How are you going to manage a four-course fucking meal and do a podcast? Oh, we're good. Oh, we're good. Welcome to Born to Watch, where three old mates review and discuss movies that mean the most to them. Hey there, fellow watchers. It's that time of the week again. It's Born to Watch time. And I'm your host, Whitey, and with me live from the panic room, as always, is the OG, the team, back after having a special guest last week. Gow, how are you, mate? Good evening, boys. Yeah, very good tonight. Looking forward to it. Sorry I had to run off so quickly last week, but I'm very committed to the kids and their martial arts. Well, uh, yeah, well, I'm not sure that that's what it was. It, you, your face looked green. Look like you needed to be somewhere quickly. Stomach's still sore. <laughs> And up there on the land, dealing with stuff that farm strong men do. Dan, how are you, mate? Mate, uh, big week on the land. Uh, despite talk in the media this week of another La Nina event for the summer, which is a bit depressing, but uh, I've been looking into how to drought-proof the station this week. So one of the uh, one of the things I was looking at, obviously, um, you can get big-ass tanks, but it's, it's a big property. So I actually decided I'd look into a bore. And when you look into a bore you actually have to find the real-life version of Russell Crowe in The Water Diviner. So I, I thought that was a piss take. I thought that uh, Russell Crowe in that movie was just, you know, a, a piss take acting. occupation. It's a real thing, acting, if you will. It's a real thing. So this dude turns up, Max, he, uh, he drove three hours to get out to my joint, uh, turns up and, mate, what I paid him was worth every single cent. It was awesome. He walked around the place with wire coat hangers and sticks and old saw blades and it, brilliant. So uh, it was it, best. I wish I'd filmed it, but um, for me, I, I cut a very long story short, but water divining, I, w- I was sceptical. And if you look on the line, it actually says it's it's bullshit. But no, I, I, I'll give it to Max. He, he put on a good show. But my favourite bit was when he was able to ascertain the mineral content in my water table 40 metres below my land by putting a two-cent coin in his mouth and sucking on it whilst he used a wire coat hanger and um, and with it with the knot in it and uh, and flipped it up one, two, three, four, 90 times to tell me that it was there was a reasonable amount of mineral content in it but nothing I should be worried about with a coin <laughs> in his mouth. <laughs> awesome. Right. Uh, uh, look, did he need GPS to get to your place though or did he use the coat hanger for that as well? Well, I didn't ask him, but he was a, he was a bushy and uh, wow. legend, absolute Queensland legend. There's a lot of them around, but uh, yeah. So anyway, I've got I've got an exact spot where my water bore should go, and uh, yeah, good week on the land. Well done, well done. Look, tonight we covering a movie that we pay deep respect and homage to at Born to Watch here. We derived our logo from it. We derived our name from it. And when I was thinking of a podcast name and a podcast logo, this movie just shot straight to mind. Full Metal Jacket, the Stanley Kubrick 1987 masterpiece is the movie we're talking about tonight. It's a cracker. And I think the 80s was definitely the decade of the Vietnam War movie. In the 70s, there was Apocalypse Now, The Deer Hunter, a couple others, but really it wasn't until the 80s that it seemed to be every 10th movie that was released had something to do with Vietnam. And there's some good ones in there as well. I'm looking forward to this one. In fact, in the 80s, there's some of the best war movies of all time were made. 
And in fact, some of the best movies that were made are Vietnam War movies. That's a big statement, but I think we'll get to the bottom of it today. As usual, we're going to give a minute to give ourselves a wrap at this time in the podcast. We've actually gone international this time. Amazing, I know, but we've got a couple reviews from uh, way across the ditch. Here's one. Great banter, but more than that. Have been listening from the start, and they are just getting better each week. It's now become a weekly ritual that I won't miss. That's from Star Wars Bra, and I have no idea who that is, but he's from America. So that's nice. Well done. Great praise. Thanks, Star Wars yeah. Bra. Do you know who we haven't heard from for some weeks? And that's, uh, that's Andy Marsden. No, he's we haven't. He's been very quiet. No. Mm. Has he fallen off, you think? No, no. He loves it. He loves it? Okay. I think so. <laughs> Did you say Star Wars Bra? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, eh? So would that does that suggest it's a female fan? <laughs> well, that was my first thought, but bra. Well, and Princess then... Leia never wore a bra underneath the uh, the white robes. There was just tape. I'm happy to have Star Wars bra and the colour purple fight for my affections as well. So I, I can <laughs> uh, Star Wars bra oh, just please. to keep sending in a bit of praise and, and focus that praise on me. And, uh, yeah, I'll give you a shout-out every week. Thank you, Daniel. It's all about you, isn't it, all the time? Here's another one. This one's from, uh, this one again, from Across the Ditch in the States. I may not agree a lot with Matthew and his team and the takes that they have, but it gets me thinking and looking at some of my favourite movies another time with a different perspective. And that's from IPA Debt. That's pretty good. There we go. That's another one from Over the Ditch. We're, what we're the fuck is Matthew and his team? Yeah, well, I know. It's weird, isn't it? Because I guess I'm the author on the podcast. It says Matthew White, so he's just running with it. He can fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) That is is funny. And we've got one more. This one's from Australia. This one's from Chi Tarks. Love these guys. Each week they bring a different point of view on the movies I love. Never miss an episode. Here we go. There's three new reviews from three new listeners that would say, oh, that's great. Good work. Good work. Good work. Can yeah, I just I, say, I, what about what about the grief we've been getting from going a bit off brand for Damo's pick from last week for Tremors? It, I must say, yes, we have, copped, we have copped a bit of a pizzling, but the episode has performed really well. In fact, for the first time ever, we've broken into an international chart. We are in the top 100 podcasts in South Africa in film reviews. Go us. What great work. Oh, well done, mate. team. It's amazing. It's well amazing. done, Matt and team. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Fuck this Matt and team. It's Matthew and team. Thank you. It's Matthew and team. Okay, Gow, why don't you tell us a little bit about Full Metal Jacket? Here we go. Here's the DVD synopsis. See what you think. A superb ensemble cast falls in for action in Stanley Kubrick's brilliant saga about the Vietnam War and the dehumanizing process that turns people into trained killers. Joker, Animal Mother, Goma, Eight Ball, Cowboy and more are all plunged into a boot camp hell. Pitbulled by a leather lung drill instructor who views the would-be devil dogs as grunts, maggots or something less. The action is savage, the story unsparing, the dialogue spiked with scathing humor. Full Metal Jacket, from its rigours of basic training to its nightmare of combat sports in Way City, scores a cinematic direct hit. Yeah, wow. I've got a couple of things I need to question there. Yeah, go for it. Okay, one, Animal Mother is not in basic training in Paris Island. Neither's 8-Ball, is he? Neither's 8-Ball. Hmm. I mean, how good's 8-Ball? 
Eight Ball's amazing. And we've got, I've got a little bit of a listen to this with Eight Ball. Okay. But, Gal, can you just run through me how they described Sergeant or Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, please? Was he a leather-tongued? They are plunged into a boot camp hell, pit-bulled by a leather-lung drill instructor. <laughs> I love it. That's my favourite part right there. Leather-lunged. Love it. So good. Okay. Apart from the few little uh, indiscrepancies there in the synopsis, it actually tells quite a good little story about the movie, I think. Well, it does. I mean, that that first part of the movie, we show that dehumanising process, yeah. and it's it's pretty brutal and sets the scene. I mean, you know, straight from the opening scene, we see... The head shaving boot camp, yeah, it's, and it uh, it just sets that that first forty five minutes. Yep, yep, absolutely. Now, uh, why don't we listen to the trailer? Paris Island, South Carolina, the United States Marine Corps Recruit Depot, an eight week college for the phony tough and the crazy brave. Cowboy. Private Joker is silly and he's ignorant, but he's got guts, and guts is enough. Most of you will go to Vietnam. Some of you will not come back. Cowboy. Sir, yes, sir. 0300 Infantry. Joker. Sir, yes, sir. 4212 Basic Military Journalism. You think you're Mickey Spillane? Sir, I wrote for my high school newspaper, sir. I hate the name Joker. I want to go out to the field. You wasted your first day in the field, and it'd be my fault. Joker, you will take off that button. How's it gonna look if you get killed wearing a peace symbol? What is that you've got written on your helmet? Born to kill, sir. You write born to kill on your helmet, and you wear a peace button. Would you love your country? Yes, sir. Why don't you jump on the team and come on in for the big win? I'm squad leader. Falling anywhere, scumbag. I need help. I'm trying to help you, Leonard. We're not leaving Doc J and Ball out there. Are those live rounds? Seven, six, two millimeter. Full. Metal Jacket. Another great 80s war trailer. Really, really good, that one. Yeah, that's a cracker, that yeah, one. Yeah, sets you right up for the movie. Let's talk about the ratings, and we're actually crushing it at the moment. This is an 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb, and it makes the 8 out of 10 mark that Morgs suggests is a good movie. Well, have we had many 8 over 8? Not many, yeah, but, uh, but we've gone all right of late. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, Again, this one's certified fresh, 90% on the tomato meter and with a 94% audience score. Again, no idea what that means, but it's very well received. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds good. Sounds good. Look, as I said before, the 80s were definitely the decade for the Vietnam film. And here's a few, right? Hamburger Hill, Platoon, Bat 21, Casualties of War, Born on the 4th of July, Birdie, Good Morning Vietnam, First Blood, Born to Watch, Born to Watch favorite. For some. For some. The Killing Fields, and of course, Full Metal Jacket. Now, there's also Uncommon Valor. There's a heap, you know, you could probably throw Rambo 2 in there as well. Was Gene Hackman in Uncommon Valor? 
No. Uh, yes, Gene Hackman was in Uncommon Valor. He's in Bat, he's in 21, Bat 21 as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, Bat 21 is really, really a good fun movie, actually. They talk about the par four, you know, going to hit, you know, it's talking golf holes is where they're actually. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah, really cool. yeah, yeah. Danny Glover as well, Bat 21. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good movie. Good movie. I think before we get there, we'll go to question time because it really relates to this. Is this the best Vietnam movie of all time? And we're not just talking about in the 80s, but of all time. What do you reckon, Gal? Well, there's a couple of good ones uh, to go up against. Uh, Apocalypse Now, very, very good. I mean, a little different in parts, that movie. And obviously, there's a lot of stories that went on during that production. But Platoon, Mm. such a great movie as well. I find that really hard to pull apart. Platoon is a born-to-watch favourite and will be covered on the podcast at some stage. Morgs, what do you think? Yeah, I think Platoon's probably the one I watched the most uh, over my lifetime and definitely around the time when this one was released. But Full Metal Jacket, I watched a hell of a lot of times too. So I'll be interested to see what you set the mark for for over and unders. Um, yeah. Apocalypse Now, very hard to beat. and But I don't yeah. know if Apocalypse Now, at the time, I appreciated how good a movie it was. It's, it's kind of the mythology of how difficult the shoot was and, and everything that happened with Marlon Brando being just a freak show and uh, everything that happened with yeah. um with Martin, Martin Sheen had Sheen the breakdown. Well. Yeah. yeah. So he had a heart attack. I, he had a heart attack. I think that, that that's kind of evolved so that my appreciation of that film has just grown over the years. But Full Metal Jacket, the first time I saw it, I was just blown away. But I, the, I, I view it differently every time and certainly on the most recent viewing, took a lot more from it than I probably did in 1987 at age 12 or 13. So, yeah. Um, yep. But, yeah, the two that stick out for me from that particular time are Platoon and, and Full Metal Jacket for sure. I, we're re-watching this. I, I just found so many quotes or so many lines that we've said over the years. Yeah, and I was thinking, well, oh, that's where that came from. You know, like, yeah. it's um, it's amazing. There's, oh, there's the, a the, lot the, in there, the, especially the, the songs, the cadence songs. And, oh, the, and I'll get to it, but the, the first half of this film is flawless. It is a perfect film. Sort of trips a bit once it goes to Vietnam, but the first 45 minutes in camp, is next level good. And that's the thing. It's only, I think it's 45 or 46 minutes. It is of the, of the camp scene. Yeah. So that's all some of those characters are in it for. And yeah. it's, and it's amazing. Yeah. Because nice. the movies, the movies are now 56. Yeah. So it's probably, look, for me, I, I think that, yes, Platoon, it's probably definitely the one that I've seen the most. Yep. And it's, it's funny because this is essentially happening at the same time. This is happening over the Tet Offensive. This is the same time these movies are going on. They're in different, they're almost in the same, parts of Vietnam when these movies are going on. It's quite amazing. Gao, why don't you tell us a little bit about the cast? Well, interesting in this movie because you have you have some cast members at the start and then and some others coming in halfway through the movie. You know, a couple of main features there. Matthew Modine, he was in a few early movies, most notably Birdie. Have you guys seen Birdie? Yes, I have. I saw it a long time ago. A long, yeah, same, long time same. ago. I've seen it. Yeah. I remember watching that when I was young and thinking it's a pretty trippy movie. I mean when you don't know, I think he comes back, he's a schizophrenic and he thinks he can fly mm. from memory. Mm. But I remember watching that thinking it was a pretty full on movie, but he was quite well known out of that and had done a few other things. But then Full Metal Jacket, Private Joker really probably was the one that, that pushed him, you know, pushed him into mainstream. Yeah. Uh, he's in Married to the Mob, Memphis Bell. Memphis Bell's a good movie. Yeah. Dennis Dearborn in Memphis Bell. Cutthroat Island. He was in Any Given Sunday. Played Dr. Ollie he Powers did. in Any he Given did. Sunday. Uh, he, he was, was in... the nephew to James Woods' character. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, he was in he was in Weeds. He had a recurring role in in the TV series Weeds for a while. That was good. I liked Weeds. Did yeah. you watch that? Why did you probably not? Because uh, I saw some. I've watched some of it. TV. Yeah, what's some of it, dickhead? Good sort, the um, the lead actress. Really? Who is it? Is it Mary Stuart Masterson? Oh, oh. It's the girl that's in. It's not Mary Stuart Masterson. It's not her. But it's oh, the girl Meredith that's in back Red. to Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, Mary Louise Parker in Weeds Morgs. Mary Louise Parker. Okay, right, we didn't we have to look that up off off uh, off air. But yeah, and later roles he's been in The Dark Knight Rises in 2012, but. Uh, his most current role will be in Stranger Things. Yeah. A favourite of yours, White. Absolutely love it. He plays yeah. an absolute dickhead. Yeah, he does, yeah. doesn't he? Yep. He's been all four I seasons. I still haven't caught up on Stranger Things. I don't know why. I just Great. Just, you know just what? Also, commit no, to I'm it. Gonna do it. It's good. Yeah. But I also haven't done the last few episodes of Ozark. I just kind of fizzled out. I don't know why. I, I'm with you on that. I, I actually mm. have struggled with this last season of Ozark. Yeah, uh, weird. Yeah, it, it, it was a bit of – I got through it, but it was a bit of a struggle. It sort yeah. of was – just going the same way. It was all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've but, forgotten just before you f- finish on Modine. What about Wind with Jennifer Grey, the America's Cup yes. movie? Yes. Oh, yes. stop yes. it. Yeah. There's a great doco on Netflix. I watched about it the- untold. Yes. Isn't untold. that amazing? Yeah, yeah, great. Loved it. That's a good show, that. That's a really good for, show. For our international listen to uh, Star Wars Bra and, um, and, and the other cats, it's it's about the time that we absolutely kicked your ass in America's Cup sailing. <laughs> After only 132 years, yeah. we took the cup from you. And, uh, yeah, it's good to watch. Plucky little Australia. Do you know what? The- Do you know what's a, we have lived on that for 30 years or 40 oh, years Oh, we're now. like the Poms and the 66 World we've Cup. Di- it's, we've dined we've on, got. Yeah, we've dined yeah. on that. But we were. it's quite interesting to remember that we were a minute behind in that final race. It went seven races. That, we, that, were, uh, we were behind in the I first three. I actually we, we remember getting back. out of bed to watch that. I, yeah, I remember me getting too. out of bed me to too. watch that. Yeah, yeah. But that we were well behind, and it was just some pretty tactical sailing from Johnny Bertrand that uh, sent him in front. Of course, the wing keel. Remember ben the Lexan. grinders? The grinders oh, were the bosses. Mate. They were just yeah. Yeah. I think, remember that Remember the TV series The Challenge? Phelpsy was in that. He played it. He was a grinder. Oh, Phelpsy. 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 Yeah. Come on, when Phelpsy. When are you coming on the podcast, Phelpsy? Come, Come on, on, Phelpsy. Get back to us, Phelpsy. So, yeah, Matthew Modine was – here's a couple of sliding doors for you. He was originally offered Tom Cruise's role in Top Gun, but turned it down because he didn't agree with the film's Cold War politics, apparently. <laughs> right in line with Private Joker. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, Cold War politics? They don't even talk about who the foes are. Yeah, what are you talking it. about? He preferred the duality of man. He did. Oh, yeah. Jesus. But uh, look, here's an interesting story. Val Kilmer auditioned for the part of Joker. Um, and, and according to Matthew Modine, he was confronted by him in a restaurant uh, and he wanted to fight Modine because he thought he'd taken the part off him, he'd stolen it off him. But apparently at that stage, Modine wasn't even aware. He hadn't even sent in his, uh, his audition tape at that stage. Oh, really? Yeah. So Val Kilmer was after him. Val. Angry Val. I don't know how Val would go in a fight. He doesn't doesn't strike me as uh, wouldn't much. No, he's, he's a different lover, not a fighter. But I don't know yeah. how Modine would go in a fight either. So, no, no, it'll be like the big the fight of '94 at the front of the Jet Club with Faz and Morgs. <laughs> <laughs> Did you punch him in the throat? Oh, I don't know. He dented someone's car. Oh, I that's believe. right. Yeah. Morgs head slammed him into the rear panel of a Volvo. So another 80s star was set to play Private Joker, Anthony Michael Hall. 
Oh. Now, he spent eight months preparing for the role, but when push came to shove, they couldn't come to an agreement, whether that was on money or or the role or whatever. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, he was replaced by Matthew Modine. Wow. Towards the last minute. How much of that eight months do you reckon was actually spent preparing for that role? Like, what, what, what the fuck does it take eight months to do to go and yeah. pretend that you're a dude in the Vietnam War? Yeah. Give me a break, Anthony Michael Hall. And it's not like it, Modine looks like he did any, like, calisthenics or weights or anything to buff it no. out for a while. Although, saying that, you know, the push-up scenes, one, two, three, four, ah, love, yeah. ring, core. He yeah. gets up to about 25 and he was doing it pretty easy. So yeah. I can, I mean, and I'm looking at you, M. White, at the moment. Look at those <laughs> noodles on my camera. Morgs. One, two. Uh, ah, Morgs. Oh. I, I go right now with push-ups, but they're on my knees. They're on my <laughs> knees. <laughs> You've got to think about strength to rate ratio, mate. It's, it's, I've got a lot. I've got longer levers and, and a bigger body. All right, moving on. Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, had some early screen time in Miami Vice. Oh, played a character, Leon Wolf, before getting into Full Metal Jacket. But uh, he's been in a lot of movies too. Mystic Pizza. Salute of the Jugger. Oh, great movie. Great movie. Great One movie. of my favorites in the late 80s. Let's that was out it. in 89. Let's do it. Let's Can do Salute of the Chugger. Does anybody know Salute of the no, Chugger? I think there'd be six other people. Yeah. There'll be zero downloads on that Well, podcast. that's all our fucking fans. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that's me, you, Morgs. Yeah. Megan. Not Chrissy. No. Sam has to listen because she's in the car with Morgs. That's it. That's six. Joshy. Get the, yeah, I was going to say, get the, get the boys. Get Joshy in. He'll listen. That's it. But yeah, anyway, so JFK. Bill Newman in JFK. He was in The Player. He was, and obviously he was in married Men in to, Black. He's an honorary Australian, isn't he? He was married to Greta Scarchi. Scarchi? Yeah, Greta yes. Scarchi. Yes, he was. Yeah, Good yeah. sort. Great sort. Uh, incredible in Presumed Innocence. Incredible yes. yeah, scene yeah. on the desk with Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Remember Straight that. Straight in the bank. Uh, <laughs> continue. Is that to um, give the team a bit of a uh, quiet raz up, please? Raz up. Yep, yep, mm. yep. Um, also in the breakup, Brooklyn's Finest in 2009 with Richard Gere and Don Cheadle. Yeah. Escape plan with Stallone and Arnie. Oh, he's a wanker in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, men, men, what about Men in Black? The Cell. Yeah, I said the Men. In, I said yep. Men in Black. Yep. Uh, Jurassic World. Yep, he's a wanker in that. Is too. the Cell that one with J Lo? J Lo, yeah, and uh, Vince Vaughn. I watched it not it's long kind of, ago. It's kind of like a sci-fi horror. Yeah, it's right out there. If they go into mm. people's minds like they. Yeah. He's a serial killer, and he's got a girl who's kidnapped, and J Lo has to go into his subconscious and try and find out where the girl is. It's, it's, it's an interesting, Tarsam Singh, the uh, Indian director who also directed the fall, who's, he's way out there. Yeah. Right. But, um, no, I, watch. I believe it's on Netflix. Yeah. I believe it's on Netflix, but I got mm. busted for saying that Val was on Netflix and it obviously isn't on Netflix. I knew, I knew it was on Amazon prime when you said it, but I'll just let you fuck it up. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, color purple's not happy. Oh, the perp. But she did love Val, so she wanted to thank you, actually, Daniel. She's got an even more swim fan with you. Forget these other gibberers. Whatever I say, just do. Oh, she's all over you. Don't worry about that. Yeah, awesome. She makes hamburgers. She gets all the good. I'll be down the GC soon, Perp. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Vincent Nofrio gained 70 pounds for this role. So talk about eight months' worth of uh, burgers getting ready. Yeah. That's him. Uh, that was that's a that's a record too. I think um, I think Robert De Niro was sixty pounds for Raging Bull. 
but that's quite an effort. It took him a year, Absolutely. a year or so to, to take that off. Wouldn't take me that long <laughs> to put it on. It'd take me a lifetime to get it off. I I reckon I reckon Morgs for Tomo's wedding put on about eighty five pounds. Gal's gone. That was. That was when I saw the photos and decided I better check the scales and not just say, "Mate, I'm not 100 kilos," and uh, wound up mix 106. Yeah, you weren't. You weren't 100 mm. kilos. You were right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, moving on. Ali Ermi, superstar. Now, we'll, superstar we'll, turn. We'll probably have a, a bit to talk about yeah, him lots throughout about him. Yeah. his role in this movie, which is great. He started off in a, in a couple of different war movies. Go figure. Mm. Uh, but The Boys in Company C in 1978, Purple Hearts in 1984, and then into Full Metal Jacket, which is, is just such a good role. And I know you'll talk what, oh, well, we will talk later about, about why he sure. got this role and yeah. how he got the role. Yep. But Can I just been... say, you've, 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 you've pretty much screwed my angle for film school for F-Wits, though. I, didn't realize, I thought that was his first acting role. You're saying that he was in other films. Yeah, he was in about two or three war movies before He had a that. couple bit parts. It was nothing yeah. major. I'm, I'm not sure they were major parts. Yeah. Full Metal Jacket All was right, the well, first for, major for, role. Okay, so do you want me to... Forget you, forget you heard that. Just let's think of him. This is his first role, okay, because it helps. Well, I'll just, let's go back. Just go back. back. I'll go back and I'll take no, that. No, 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 no. I, I meant keep this no. in. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's good. Right uh, he was in Full Metal Jacket, Mississippi Burning. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, in 88. Uh, did you say great movie about Mississippi Burning? Oh, well, it's a good, it's a powerful a, movie. Like it's we say, powerful, great movie. Powerful. I don't, I don't clap and cheer at it. It's a powerful movie. Like it's a, yeah. it's a great, it's a great depiction of what happened. Yeah, and I remember watching yes, that in school and going, movie. "Wow, this is this is just so bad." Yeah. Like you know, you yeah, just don't brutal. realize. Yeah, uh, he was in Fletch Lives, Toy Soldiers, Probably and uh, and on Deadly Ground. Oh, that's Seagull. Yes, yeah, Seagull. He's also the captain in Seven. That's the next one, yeah. yeah, 95. That's a good role. Oh, fuck, that's a good movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, look, after that, he was, in, yeah, he was in Dead Man Walking in 95, and after that we're going to say he did a fair bit of jobbing. Job, well, who job. was he in Dead Man Walking? He was Clyde Percy. Here we that's go. not that helpful. Give, give me a bit more information. <laughs> it's, it's razor thin, that, uh, those facts, Morgs. Mm, oh, right, scratching sorry. the surface. We're scratching service, the surface. Sorry. Scratching the surface I mean, yeah, here, Morgs. Clyde Percy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to run with that. So you're Sorry saying. So what you're saying, yeah, is that after uh, after Dead Man Walking, you just job the fuck out of it. <laughs> Pretty much, right? That's a t-shirt just waiting to happen. What else we got, yeah? We'll get to him. We'll get a bit more to him later. Yep. Um, on that, but he was seriously considered for the role of J. Jonah Jamison in Spider-Man in 2002. He I can see that. I can but, see uh, that. The role went to J.K. Simmons. Yep. And he's very good. Uh, next up, look we. Most of most of the, our actors after this are in movie parts. They're all, they're all yeah. big parts. You've got Adam Baldwin yep. as Animal Mother. Yep. He was in Next of Kin, Predator Two. He's in Wide Up, um, and Independence Day. Yep. Uh, actually, Arnold Schwarzenegger turned down that role of Animal Mother because really? he had to film The Running Man, so he was up for that role. Fair yeah, choice. But well, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a starring role. Yeah. And he would have been a superstar at he the time. He was a superstar at the time. And we've got Dorian Harewood as Eight Ball. Good part. Yeah, good part. Hasn't been in much since then. Space Jam, Sudden Death. Yeah. Uh, and Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah. And Arliss Howard as Cowboy. 
Yep. So he was in Tequila Sunrise. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. What are you saying here, Gow? What movie was he in? What movie was he in? What were you going to say there, Arles Howard? Tequila Sunrise. Ding, 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 ding. One degree. One degree. One degree of Kurt Russell. This is the new jingle. One degree. Kurt Russell. Wow, it's been really easy so far. Did you get that? I got that. I had that. I didn't. Yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking tonight. I haven't. I yeah. haven't come across it yet. Yes. And we'll just figure it out on the fly. But yeah. uh, well done. Well, I wouldn't have well that. Well done. No, that's a that's a great get. It was. A, I was very very excited when I got that one. Yeah, that was good. He's also in Jurassic Park Two. He is the Lost World. Was sorry. Yeah, yeah. he was in that Jurassic. Uh, the Lost World. Yeah. He's in Moneyball. Yep, 2011. Uh, married to Deborah Winger. Ah, oh, yeah. There you Been go. married to her since '96. Yeah. I think they got a couple of kids together. Jeez, oh. he's batting. So married to Deborah Winger, definitely yeah. batting. Oh, apparently, she's a bit of a bitch. Deborah Winger, really? Yeah. I had, you, got, you got the inside gossip. I, read, I read, read somewhere that Lisa Kudrow is a bitch this week. That blew actually, my mind. I read. I heard the same thing. Someone else said that to me. There was an article. Really? But, so right. one article, one person yeah. said it. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to all get along, friends. True. If it's on the line, it's true. Absolutely. The same as everything we say here is absolutely 100% true. All right, Gail. Uh, well, look, the last one we'll get to is Ed O'Ross. So he was uh, he was in Lethal Weapon in 87. So Ed O'Ross was Lieutenant Touchdown yeah. in Full Metal Jacket. Cocainum. Cocainum, yes. He was Victor Rostovili in Cocainum. Cocainum. But, uh, yeah, look, a few movies, but not a long career. He was in Action Jackson. Um, another 48 Hours. He was in Dick Tracy and Universal Soldier. But. Not much after that. Nice gal. He was did obviously. You tell, I was yelling at my children there with the mute on. Did you? Did you talk about Adam Baldwin? Yes, yeah, we, we did. did. Yeah, we did. Oh, okay, yeah. Animal what mother. Was that, what, what was that movie? He was in the the school movie where he was the bully. Oh, okay. Yes, I can't. Uh, no, he's he's, he's no no he's not he's not the bully. He bashes oh, the bully. Right. He befriends okay. the kid. He's mates with the kid that gets bullied, and he ends up bashing the – it's called My Bodyguard or something like that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I vaguely remember it. I mean, it was good, though. I remember watching it a lot. Yeah, I remember he flogs the kid, flogs the uh, the, the bully. Oh, I don't remember that bit. That must have been the director's <laughs> cut. <laughs> oh, my God, you're a cock. What was it called, you think? It's called My Bodyguard or something. I think you're right. The body. How old is it? Yeah. It's old. It's like it's, oh, eighty. I've got to say, it's eighties. It's early eighties. He's in Serenity. Like he's he's a bit of a jobber. Bad guys. Uh, no, that's about two cops. My oh, bodyguard. You were right. Nineteen eighty. My bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nineteen eighty. Yeah. Jeez. Sometimes, sometimes I can pull it out of my right. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That's sometimes, a, like. Well yeah. Played. Yeah. No, it's it's actually it's a. Bog standard eighties teen angst movie, but he does he he plays a role well. He play, he's not too dissimilar to Animal Mother, to be honest. The role you he talk, plays. Are we? Am I? Am I blowing someone's light if we talk about other actors that were up for Animal Mother? Is that something? And listen to this. Not from me. No. Oh, okay. So apparent, apparently, Arnie was up for the role as Animal <laughs> he Mother. He did mention that. Yeah, I did mention oh, that. Well done, Morgs. <laughs> As I told you, I was yelling at my fucking kids. I had you yeah, on mute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Morgs. So apparently, Arnie covered. was up for that role. Yeah. 
Yeah, we heard. I, I just heard that from Gail about a minute ago. I just asked you if we talked about who was up for that role, and you said no. Why did you set me up like that for? Oh, I'm going to have to start listening more. Oh, my God. You know what? I had heard. That was awesome. I man. had heard that Arnold Schwarzenegger was up for this role, though. I, I forgot that this was the live recording, not the not the in the can <laughs> recording where I just fast forward to all my bits. Sorry, Morgs. <laughs> when you said you don't listen to it and you just listen to your bits, I thought you were joking. No, he's not. No, joking. no, he's, he's not one hundred percent true. He's not joking at all. I must say, we do we we never refer to our previous podcast episodes, but I I did laugh at the Kenny G's or Woodwind Specialist. Oh, yeah, that was funny. I laughed so hard because you got in before me by about 1.5 seconds <laughs> and he was all over the woodwinds. Yeah. But Kenny oh, G that released Duotones. Oh, that was his God. album. My God. Great stuff. Kenny G. What a all time right. to be alive. Right. Kenny G, top of the What about director Stanley Kubrick? Yeah, we can't, we, we can't not talk about one of the greatest directors there. to ever live. Yeah, and you know what? Just looking back at his, his you know, movies, so – so far in between some of those, yeah, especially definitely. towards the end. I mean, it was 12 years between. Full Metal Jacket was the second last movie that he did. Yeah, then he did Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. Which is yeah. not great. And he was actually he was actually doing another movie, I believe, when he passed away. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he was doing AI. Yes, you're right. And that's Steven what it was. Spielberg yep. took it over. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it's a good it movie too, AI. It's underrated. Yeah. But listen, some of the movies he's, you know, he's done Spartacus, Lolita, Doctor Strangelove. 2001, A Space Odyssey. Boring. I don't care what anyone says, but people say it's the greatest movie of all time. Boring. My God, it's full of stars. Oh, God. Give me a break. My God, all right. Uh, a Clockwork Orange. Yeah. The Shining. Love The Shining. Yeah, good movie, that yeah. one. Full Metal Jacket, Eyes Wide Shut. Um, yeah, but you're right. AI, Artificial Intelligence, was yeah. going to be his next one. Yeah, and Steven Spielberg took it over. Crushed it, too. Haley Joel Osment star turned Jude Law. Well worth a watch. Yeah, so Kubrick definitely, like, royalty and did not make many movies. Did you? I don't know if it, this might be something we'd have to research and get back to later, but I noticed that he was director and producer on uh, Full Metal Jacket, which seems a strange bedfellow of, of credits. So I don't know if he'd done that on previous movies, but you don't, I don't see that a lot, a director and a producer. And producer, obviously. yeah. Yeah, writer-director, obviously, but director and producer seems, um, for, for big-budget films. Is because they're two quite disparate roles on a on a film. I think he was. But, I think he was like quite the control freak. Sure. So it's not. I think it's not. It may not. I think if we went back and actually looked at it, it may not be surprising if he's director producer on all his films. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, think, just, I think he was only for Spartacus, the first one. I'm, I'm, okay. I think he might not have been. Yeah. Good work, Stan. But um, yeah. But apparently, he actually really wanted Arnie to to be in this movie. He was had him up for the role of Animal Mother. <laughs> I hadn't heard that, really. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I tell you, I'm going to start listening more. I will. I'm going to listen. I, I remember A Clockwork Orange that uh, obviously the movie was banned uh, in, in Australia for a long, long time. Yeah. And uh, I remember when I, I watched it for the first time. Very weird movie. It is. I can't remember if I've seen it all. I've seen, I know I've seen parts of it, but yeah. I can't remember if I've seen all of that movie. Very weird. It's, pretty... very, it, it, it's very well made. Like He makes yeah. amazing films. Not for everyone. Yeah. He also did Barry Lyndon, didn't he? He did do Barry Lyndon. Barry yeah. Lyndon is like five hours long and yeah. another super boring we one. We studied that. We studied Barry Lyndon at film school and, yeah, I slept through those. Um, yeah. Again, beautiful sources. film. Like, yeah. beautiful film. But well, that's what it's, it's likened to a painting, basically. Yes. His mise-en-scene 
yeah, there we go. That was for you, Sloney. Uh, was yeah, it's it's, it's more about the, the beauty and the art direction and the yeah. style of that film. But yeah, yeah, absolutely, first. absolutely. Anything else, Gal? Uh, no, quick word on the gross: forty-five yeah. million dollars it made domestically against a budget of thirty million. Uh, it made one hundred twenty-five million worldwide as of nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah, wow. So yeah, it, uh, it did pretty well. Yep. Oh, it's a good movie. Again, but it's war movies are difficult, aren't they? Like. Not everyone's into them. Well, when you look at, I mean, we've been through 87 before, but Fatal Attraction, one of your absolute favourites, Wiley. Yep. Solo cinema. Yep. 320 million. Yeah. Yep. Never eaten rabbit since. No. Uh, the Last Emperor, Dirty Dancing, in that year, Three Men and a Baby, Good Morning Vietnam, Lethal Weapon, Predator. Yeah, it's a great I year. mean, we've been through there. There's a great host year. of movies in 87. Yeah, it's a great year. Pretty sure Mannequin came out in 87. Love me some Mannequin. Mannequin was a good movie. Great movie, mate. Andrew McCarthy, the ugliest heartthrob in the history of cinema. Any thoughts on that, Morgs? Andrew McCarthy, because you were a big uh, John Hughes guy. I liked his hair. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I ran his uh, bouffant for quite a few years. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm more of a John Bon Jovi guy and an elder statesman John Bon Jovi guy these days. But, yeah, I reckon yeah. I ran the McCarthy for, for quite a while. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, okay, well, well done, Gal. Again, you've just crushed it. Uh, and look, I've already given up one question about the best Vietnam movies of all time. Second question, how long do you reckon you guys would last if you were treated like Private Pile in camp? How long? Give me a number. Do you make it through? Not sure you do. That was pretty brutal. He was just singled out early, wasn't he? Yeah. And that scene where they get in with the soap. Now, I've got that. I've got that. It's brutal. It's oh. heartbreaking. Yeah. Just it's his like, wailing afterwards. That's the point. That's yeah. his breaking point right there. Of course like he's, is, he's, yeah. But in saying that, he comes good after that. But I think he's broken. No, he's definitely broken. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the point where he, he starts to get it all. But then, you know, yeah. he's he's off the rails from there. Yeah. He starts talking to his gun. Yeah, he's, he's serious mental problems. Yeah. What do you reckon, Morgs? How long do you oh, reckon? I re- if, if, if we were all in that on Paris Island in that, that squadron together, I reckon we would have smashed you blokes with, with soaps after your, after your pizzling efforts on the pull-up course. I reckon we would have seen that and old Ali Ermi would have made us just do heaps of push-ups and then we would have just smashed you with soap in towels that night with your pizzly little arms. <laughs> Morgs, if I'm struggling, you're the one who's on the bottom bunk just getting wailed on worse than me. They don't, even need, they don't even need a towel to hold your arms down to wail on you. That's how bad your arms are. I would have been right. doing extra calisthenics. Oh, Two-minute noodles. Give me a freaking break. <laughs> okay, I think it's obvious. None of us would have made it through. Uh, okay, last question. Is this the best Joker character in cinema? Well, it's not going to be for you, is it? No. I don't know. No, I'm not in the big budget movies. I, I couldn't tell you. I haven't watched any of what the Joker is, is movies. It, did I read somewhere that the new Joker is is was it a, a musical? Or is it, it's a no, that's real. It's, it's a, musical. a musical. Yeah, it's real. With Joaquin it's real. Phoenix. Yeah, it's real. Well, he's it's, got chops. He did. He did do the uh, the Johnny Cash movie. So he, he walked and, the line. Uh, yeah. For me, no. Heath Ledger is Heath a better Ledger. Joker. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to say that, but H- this his is... role. I've seen that movie. That, that role is amazing that he plays in that. You've seen the Dark Knight, yeah? I've seen that one. Well done. Oh yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that little independent cinema that uh, where did you find it in like a video store in Newtown? Like how'd you how'd you come across that one? Somebody had put it back in the uh, in the eighties karate section, so I picked it up by mistake. By mistake. 
You thought yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, Heath Ledger has, uh, I did, like, if, it, if you're saying Joker character, I, don't, I think it's, you, you can't really go past that. No, absolutely, I agree. Okay, well, it's time to move into the categories. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. So the good, the stuff we love about the movies, the bad, the stuff we don't really like, and the ugly, the stuff we think is just downright ugly. We're going to start with the man on the land tonight. Dan, how are you going? Yes, thank you. Uh, rewatch for me. It's been a while since I have seen this flick, but I, I mentioned earlier I watched it a lot when we were kids. It was definitely a, a stalwart. wasn't It wasn't one of my top four that was on heavy rotation, <laughs> but uh, I could watching the whole the entire first third of the movie. I could I could remember and, and pretty much recite, which is is good these days after too much of the sponsors product. But um, good for me. Just just I, I just nailed it down to a few. But Ali Ermi, just brilliant. Like I. Gao kind of um, he, he's ruined my uh, my thoughts on Ali because I thought it was his first role. But let, let's just, for argument's sake, say he was a non-actor when he when he had this role, and he's just brilliant. And I think he without him, I, I struggle to think how strong that opening third of the movie would be. Yeah. Uh, and just that entire Paris Island start of the film, just brilliant. So really, really strong and uh, just a, amazing insight to what a lot of veterans have said is, is resembles their experience of going through basic training. So uh, just brilliant. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, I think, is game of pile. I, I've watched it really closely this time. And, uh, yeah, you're right, Whitey, as soon as they beat on him with the soap, you just see the see the switch and uh, it, it's just uh, so creepy, his face, and um, and he's just gone. Um, one, one thing I like, a bit more technical side, it was I really enjoyed the follow cam shots of the platoon when they're rushing into the old buildings. Um, it was something I hadn't picked on previously, but they're looking to flush out the enemy. And uh, I just thought that was, for that time, it wasn't something that was used a lot of with that steady cam uh, technology. And I just thought it was brilliant and the actors were great. And then I liked how they set it up again when they were filming the film, the um, the Stars and Stripe yes. video team filming the actors. Yes. It was kind of a bit meta. So it was. I love uh, the cut. Like, I love the cut in between that where it it cuts back to the back to the, to the, the camera yeah, crew. The, the reverse angle. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, really clever. Really, really, well really done. smart. No, I really yeah. enjoyed that. So yeah, a bit a bit of a nerding out on the camera work there. That was great. And then finally, for good. I mean, I could go on all night, but um, how they made London look. Gal, you and I lived in London for a long time, didn't we? On our, on our travels. Yeah, we did, and we would have spent a lot of time around that area. I'd say we did. I think we went to. Did we go to a piss up at that um, at, at where they shot that? I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, we did. I'm sure we did. I yeah, apologise, guys. Yeah, we went. No, but we we lived there for what two and a half years in London, and um, yeah. when we were on our yeah. on our travels around the globe, just me and Gal, and um, yeah, to to make London, which is a pretty drab and dreary looking joint for nine months of the year, look like Southeast Asia. Uh, just yeah. by importing some palm trees from Spain was uh, was an impressive feat of, of cinematography. So, yeah, I think uh, they're my goods. Yeah, well, just on that, I mean, people may not know, but you've alluded to it now, Morgs, is that that whole movie was shot in Pinewood Studios and, and the barracks in England. Like, Crazy. none of it filmed off-site there. And, you know, they used, I think they used an abandoned gas works yeah. down on the river to, to put all of that, you know, town or the, when it's Way City, yeah, that's all in there. So it's pretty crazy, but that's where Stanley Kubrick worked out of for most of his. Well, life. this is this is, I guess, this is uh, practical filmmaking at its finest, yeah, and, and and using what you've got, and Kubrick crushes it. He uses the same set for half the movie and just from different angles. Yeah, it's just brilliant what he does. It's amazing. That's that's that you. 
you're so right that um that the you know the final um couple of acts that are all shot in around that um that, that get the old gas works but yeah. it's pretty funny when you when you know that the palm trees have been imported it's awesome watching the back of all the shots yeah. they yeah, yeah, move yeah. them yeah. around to all of them because they they feature and you're in quite a, an urban setting which uh, doesn't doesn't really gel with what our imagery of, of Vietnam is from other war movies but then there's just these palm trees that pop up in the back so it's uh, it's good to kind of break that down knowing the inside that it's it's been shot in and around London well it's it's the it was the i guess for me it was the first vietnam movie that didn't really take part in the jungle at all this is urban yeah, warfare. It was urban, this, yeah. this reminded me a lot more of a world war 2 100 yep. yeah and it exactly was what I and i'm used to seeing like, platoon is completely in the bush right it's yep. You know, you it was such a Brian Battlesque, more like correct, the uh, absolutely. That, that's countryside. That's what I felt. I felt it was this urban, and 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 it was it was, and I think this is why World War Two movies are are so good because it's the romance, the the destruction of Europe, the 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 beauty and the destruction in the one in the one yeah. scene. It's and I felt this in this movie where it it just felt it was it was people's lives at stake here because it was freestanding buildings it was obviously people lived in this area and it was i think that's where you get that human touch whereas when you drop napalm in a jungle a la you know apocalypse now or we were soldiers and and those kind of movies doesn't have the same effect i think well no they had a couple of of shots you know going over the over the jungle and they just used that to cut it in but yeah none of none of that was filmed in there They, they they have them in the helicopters going over that but what they did, you know, when you say Saving Private Ryan Morgs, they they actually used a an effect that is when they use the shutter on the camera, it's delayed shutter on the camera to make it more realistic, mm. and that's exactly what they used in Saving Private Ryan as well. Yeah. So that just to give that, you know, when when the troops are running in, just to give it that really, you know, realistic look. Yeah. No, he's crossed. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. No, it, 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 it's incredible how it uh, ended up. Yeah. Gal, yeah. what do you got? Look, Morgs has already hit on it, so I won't go too much into it. But Ali Ermi is. Really, really good in this movie, and yep. having having you know not had much experience beforehand, and coming in and got this role based on you know, being a former drill instructor. Ali Ermi was the technical advisor, and Kubrick fell in love with him. Yeah, and well, there was actually another guy cast as Ali Ermi. Well, there was. Yeah, that was Get Some. Yeah, the guy on the chopper. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so no, Vincent D'Onofrio and Ali Ermi actually said that Vincent D'Onofrio's performance in this was the best part of the whole movie. Um, you know, just just the way yeah, he managed to powerful. change that. So, but those two were definitely, as you know, were, as Morg said, were the, were the highlights for me. They were yeah. the good. Yeah, definitely for me. It's that first half of the movie in Paris Island that is flawless filmmaking. That is edge of your seat. It, it's incredible. It, it doesn't matter how many times I watch it. It's so rewatchable. It's yep. you find something new each time. And as we were saying before, like that's only forty five or forty six yeah. minutes, and. And those two characters are so strong yeah. out of just that part yeah. of the movie. I mean, they're, they're not just, even the whole thing, but no. th- that's what you really remember yeah. about the movie. Well, the, 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 to be honest, the rest of the movie does not compare. And, and the, I find the second half to be good, but it does not compare to Paris Island and to what Ali Ermi and D'Onofrio do. Yeah. Nothing nothing comes close to it. Uh, again, Ali Ermi, just incredible, next level good. I love Joker as the social conscience. I love that he is like his speech about the duality of man and wearing the peace, um, you know, badge and taking the piss. Like it's not, it doesn't seem real to him, but he's this social conscience being a journalist. I, I really like that angle. And I actually appreciate that a lot more this watch than I have in the past. And then just the foreboding sense of the movie itself. Like 
even in the light moments, there's just this shroud of darkness and 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 just evil. And even and I'll go so far as to the the sucky sucky moments where they're there as the 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 team and the platoon and the, the girl comes up on the bike and she's like, you know, sucky sucky. And then it's then essentially turns into a gangbang. Like it takes what takes what is supposed to be this lighthearted moment and it just turns ugly right straight away like it's even when they try to show what's supposed to be a a, a peaceful time you know the, the camera gets stolen and then the girl's got to go through the train of 10 blokes like it's i don't know it, it there's just there's no part of this movie where i smile for any for any more than a second and go like sure the, the there's some parts where there's some levity but it's it's quashed really quickly and i think that's war right that's showing exactly what's going on and they pull no punches well you see what happens with joker's character i mean you know he he goes in and wants to be the social conscience and then ends up being the one that pulls the trigger at the end and he's got a couple he's got a couple really really good quotes that i that i've got that in the con in different contexts could be taken a different way and it it does show the sort of the growth not necessarily good growth in him throughout the movie. Yeah. yeah. But even when he's, you know, when, when they're interviewing him and he's saying, you know, I want to yeah. be the first kid on my block and, and being a smart ass yeah. about all that. And I then, wanna, and then yeah. it changes from there, you know, yes. so it's, it's really interesting. Well, I think up. he changes again. And, and I think this will take us into the bad. And I'm going to start with the bad because I think the soap scene is a great scene. And I'm gonna, I've got, I've got it in bad because it's the beginning of the end and it's yep. the beginning of the end for uh, Lawrence, for Pyle. And it's the beginning of the end for Joker. He had an opportunity there to make a stand, being the leader of the gang, and he didn't. He had taken Pyle under his wing, and he folded on him. He was his last help. He was the last hope for Pyle. And and in the minute that he hit him with that soap, he may have come back if Joker hadn't hit him. There may have been some way to save him. But the minute that Joker lays in, it's all over. Everyone else throws two two hits at him and Joker hits him five yeah, times yeah. at the Be- end. Because Joker's the one that's taken the punches for him all the way through, right? Well, he's the one that's put in charge of him. Yeah. So trying to help him out. So that's the tipping point of the movie for me. That's where it could go either way. And I think that it, it again, it broke my heart watching it because we've all been in that position at some stage, not to that extent where you choose column A or column B, right? And sometimes the whole your whole life can change by that decision, right? And it did. His, I, I think that that's, that's the point that Leonard decides he's going to kill himself. Of course it was right? the point. That's he, the point. But he'd already said in the scene before, you know, I need help. I yeah. need help. And he said, I'm trying to help you. Yeah. yeah. And then the outcome is that he gets beaten by his, you know, his platoon. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. So anyway, anyone else got anything for bad? No, nothing for me. I, um, my, I, I agree with you. I think that this, the front half of the movie is stronger, but on this most recent watch, I actually enjoyed what Kubrick was doing and saying for the second half. So uh, absolutely, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and they're when, almost they're two different movies. Like it's uh, yeah, they are well, it's, two, it's, two separate sections. One hundred percent. I think it is. It is. There's a line in the middle. There's a line in the sand, and there's and and I agree more because I think that whilst I think the first half is is flawless and and almost a perfect part of a movie, the second half is super strong. I don't think it's that far behind it. It's just it never quite get never quite gets to where it got to at Paris Island. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Uh, look, my bad is just, and there are only a couple of little things. Is just a couple of those scenes when they're 
you know, in the second half of the movie, especially, I think it's when, uh, I think it's when Cowboy gets shot and he's on the ground and they, and they go, the camera goes around and it pans up to them all. And they all say something in turn. Yeah. I don't know. Watching that again, it just struck me as, as a bit odd. Like it goes around the circle and they all say something in a row. Yeah. Just, just doesn't really sit. Yeah. Looks like something off that 70s show. It's the same thing they use on there. Yeah. Um, and the other one was when they, when they're filming, the cameras are, are coming past them and they're all sitting, yep. sitting behind stars them. and stripes. Yep. But, yep. And, and they also, there's seven of them. They all say something in a row. That, like just watching it back. I was like, Oh, it's just odd. Like the, the camera goes past and they all say a little comment in a row. It just, not, it's of, not how a conversation would go. Yeah. But I sort of get that. Uh, that's, that's where they, they were, that was stars and stripes filming them. And that was them. They were on show. You know what I mean? I, I sort of understand that part. The one where, um, cowboy gets shot. I don't, I agree with that. I, I thought it, fe- it feels a bit odd. Yeah. But I get, I, yeah, the other bit is Stars and Stripes. That's them, you know, that's their, that's their shout out to home, right? They're showing off a bit, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I agree. Anyway. I thought it was funky too, Gare. Yeah. I, did, I mean, yeah, very, very picky, minute moment, but I, that scene didn't, it was, I don't know, that did, the timing was off. It's probably yeah, all Yeah, was, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, I'm, I'm assuming none of us have anything for ugly. No. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, let's move in to listen to this. Yeah, you want to start with listen to this? You're the man with the stats, or yeah, I've got one. Um... Well, 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 I want to start. I want to start. So oh, go more. Oh, wow. Apparently, uh, Kubrick wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger for the role <laughs> of Animal Mother, uh, but uh, wow. Arnold wasn't wasn't down. So it ended up going to Adam Baldwin. Well, I, well, I I haven't heard that. That's a good one, Morg. Well done. Well, l- luckily for Arnie, he was, he was able to rebound in the Running Man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a great, great, great film! I, it's funny you say that because we're talking about in film school for Fwits, but I was looking at uh, famous non-actors that have uh, have really excelled in roles, and The Running Man came up because of Richard Dawson in there, who's the who's the host and and kind of the uh, the, uh, yeah. the voice of Killian. The Running Man. So, Killian. Killian, yeah, Killian, Killian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. that was his first role, and uh, he, yeah, he, he was, was outstanding. He, he was a game show host, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. He was a guy, he was an actual game show host in as, as his day job. So. He was the American Ian Turpy. He was Terps. I saw yeah. a funny you mentioned Terps. I saw it's in the oh, in the Australia. It's in the Australia show. too thing. It's that's in right. Untold. Tonight with yeah, Terpy tonight. Terp- was it? Yeah, Terpy tonight. Oh, there wasn't a lot of rapport there from Terps. Oh, Terpy was, Terp- Terps was a legend. Terps was is he an still with us? Legend. No, he died a long time ago. That's right. Died well over a decade ago. Yeah, you guys were pretty tight. He was. He, he was, was a member of the golf club. Yeah, yeah. I played, uh, played quite a few games of golf with Ian Turpy. He loved it. Loved he was, the piss. Yeah, dated Olivia Newton-John. No kidding. Absolutely. Yeah, he, was, he was a massive star back in the he day. He was. He. I remember meeting him down there a couple of times, and yeah. he was. A, he was a really good guy. Really a nice legend, guy. fella. Yeah. Really good fella. Really good fella, and sorely missed. Yeah. Just in that ill. Wait, one more. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Through Manly Surf Club was uh, Tony Bonner from from Skippy. Oh, really? Yeah, he's he's like a life member down at Manly Surf Club. When I was working down there, just happened to get introduced by uh, by my mate uh, Kevy, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a wow moment to to see this guy as a as a normal human as well. But one of the, the great moes, one yeah. of the great yeah. moes. He did, he did. Well, there anyway, you go. Story, got to do with Full Metal Jacket, but yeah, cool good story. Good story, Morg. You're the king. Okay, Morg. So you wowed us with your uh, trivia on Adam Baldwin. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, you got anything else, or you just want to slide through to Gal? Uh, no, nah, I'll give it to Gal. Okay, take it away, G. To make Ali Ermi's performance better, Stanley Kubrick didn't let him near any of the other actors, so they weren't allowed to interact with him at all before the movie, 
obviously to make the when they did get on on set to make it so more realistic because yeah. he just hit them with everything yeah. that he had. Another another quick one in the movie when Ali Ermi is full of you know full of the insults that he's throwing out there. There's that opening scene mm. where he says to Cowboy, oh, "He goes, you steal mine." Oh, is that your <laughs> girlfriend? I love it though. He's the type of guy to have sex with another guy and not even give him a goddamn reach around. Yeah. And uh, Stanley Kubrick had to stop that and go, what does that mean? What's and, a reach around? Yeah, what's a reach around? I had, to, <laughs> had to get explained to him and then he just laughed and said, all right, we'll keep that in yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah, uh, what have I got? I've got most of Ali Emmy's lines. The rumor was originally that they were all ad-libbed. Yeah. And not quite true, though. Not quite true. I think that Kubrick came out and said they were ad-libbed and then Ali Emmy came out and said, well, they weren't all ad-libbed. So he 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 re, he kept some of the dialogue in, I believe that yeah. that Stanley Kubrick wanted that was that was you know intricate to the story, but but he did come out with his own yeah, stuff. Absolutely. Um, there's there, I got one. There, there's one scene cut from the movie showing the Marines playing soccer. Yeah. And this scene was cut because they revealed that they're actually kicking ahead as the soccer ball. So they cut that out of the movie. Yeah, full that's, on. That's eh? brutal. Yeah, that's full on. Oh, you're right. Well, well, I remember I had an ugly, and I forgot to say it. Can I? Can I? Can I say my ugly? Sure, Morgs, go for it. Okay, sorry, sorry, listeners, but I just remembered you it reminded me. Oh, when I was watching it the other night, the bank of shitters where oh, where Gamer Pole um, ends up killing himself. Yeah, what's the go? What, so does that mean that the Marines shit together? So you're sitting there trying to have a dump. And you're all sitting on the same toilet. I know you're all meant to bond together, and that is that. That's not a thing, surely. I'm thinking yes. I think they all shat together. Of course they wow. did. Wow. But the, mate, if they're if they're going to get hammered like that in basic training, mate, Finch, there's no there's no way that they're allowed to do anything yeah. on their own. You know, I get Finch the psychology it. of it for sure. I just was I remember, I just looked at it and went wow. I'm, I'm straight out. Like I'm I'm section eight. I'd just be. <laughs> I'd be the one knocking knocking the head off at twelve times a day to get my section eight. No way. I got to say, when when I went to a private school for one year and I boarded, the first thing I did look at was the showers, and it was a wall of showers. Yeah, and it was a frightening prospect. I yeah. showered Weird. late. I showered late and in the corner for about the first three months until I got sort of comfortable with having little Johnny out, which was not little- much. Was little Johnny the guy looking at your doodle or your doodle? <laughs> Both. Both. What little Johnny was Johnny? my roommate. What little Johnny was my roommate. I actually don't call it anything. I actually don't call it anything. He's just my dick. So I don't have a name for it. It's not called Swervy McSwerver or um, The Seven. It's just dick. Okay, <laughs> I, got, I got one. I've got one more. When they filmed this movie, all of the Vietnam sequences were filmed first. So they filmed it yeah. pretty much in reverse. Um, and all the Paris Island basic training was filmed at the end. So the very opening shot was the one in the street of Da Nang with the local prostitute. Yeah, for the hooker, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the shots of the Marines marching during the graduation was the very last one to be filmed. So yeah. I just wonder as an actor how hard that is. You know, you, you're supposed to build up all these relationships. Well, it's got to be hard reasons, to do that. Two reasons they do that, I reckon. One is they've all got long hair in Vietnam. So, yeah. so you, they shave their head. The first thing you see is them shaving their head. So unless you're going to be filming for three weeks and 21 days for your hair to grow back. Uh, so that's one reason I would think, but it's a very odd way to do it. You would think that they'd want them to start with no rapport and then build that. That's what I mean. Yeah, and it must sure. be hard for an actor. Well, it's difficult to get into that, yeah. into that role like that, but uh, yeah. Okay. Um, 
All right, here's, a, here's one. Joker's T-shirt at Paris Island. It says his name on it is JT Davis. So it's a deliberate, uh, it's a deliberate reference to James T. Davis, the first official recognised casualty in Vietnam who was killed in 1961. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is, that is cool. uh, a nice little one, isn't it? Yeah. And my last one, Denzel Washington was considered for the role of eight ball and he knocked yeah. it back because he couldn't read the script in time and he regrets missing out on that one. That, yeah. That's an interesting uh, casting, that one, if, he, if he's eight ball. It's interesting that he knocked back an, an eight ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's not training day yet. <laughs> but I think I think that adds to this movie. I mean, there's not a lot of huge stars in it. He wasn't a huge star in eighty seven. Oh, he was he hadn't maybe really not. done much. Glory was eighty eight. Yeah, okay. So he okay. hadn't really hit yeah. the hit the, the highlight yet. But uh anyway, I think that's a that's a substantial amount of trivia for this movie. We've done one degree of Kurt Russell. Uh I crushed it. Morgs, you got anything you don't have anything more? No, that was it. Oh, yeah, sorry. One, one last thing is, so Kubrick wanted, because Joker was a journalist, he actually asked uh, Matthew Modine to, to write a journal during his, uh, his time on set. And he actually would often ask him to read out from his journal in front of all the cast and crew, which was, must have been fairly daunting. But yeah. Matthew Modine actually he, uh, published his diary from uh, Full Metal Jacket a few years back. So uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. I haven't read it, but uh, I reckon it would be That would uh, be a good read, insightful. actually. Yeah, yeah, worth, worth yeah. a look. Definitely. Well done, Morgs. You, you, you're going all right tonight. Well done. Okay, let's move into notable quotables. That comes after. Listen to this. So, uh, Gao, you got anything notable quotables? Obviously, the, the whole first half of the movie is quotable. Well, this is the thing. Do we go into all of this? So many. I mean, there's so many we've used over the years. Yeah. I think a couple of, a couple of ones for me, uh, when you know when Piles in the in the toilet, or in in the head there with his with his gun and and Joker says, "Are those live rounds?" He's like, seven six two millimeter, full metal yeah, jacket. Very good. Yeah. Uh, the other one too is in that well in that same scene is when Ali Ermi comes in and says. What is your major malfunction, numbnuts? Yeah. Did mum and daddy show you enough attention as a child? Yeah. yeah, he's so good, and that's right before he gets blown away. I, I've got, I've got one for for Hartman. Surprisingly, bullshit! It looks to me like the best part of you ran down the crack of your mama's ass and ended up as a brown stain on the mattress. I think you've been cheated. <laughs> so good, so good. I think there's a, uh, a there's a very very good one from Joker, which you talked about earlier. You know, I wanted to see exotic Vietnam, the crown jewel of Southeast Asia. I wanted to meet interesting and stimulated people of ancient culture and kill them. I wanted to be the first kid on my block to get a confirmed kill. <laughs> yeah, so good. He's, he's just got that attitude, doesn't yeah, he? he's so good. He was the definite smart-ass in class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definite smart-ass in class. Morgs, you got anything? Uh, all of Ali Ermi's quotes are fantastic, but one uh, one exchange that I particularly like, and Gao has said to me over uh, countless times over the years, is just when when Joker meets Animal Mother there in the ruins where they, they catch up with Cowboy, and uh, you see little on TV. <laughs> Gao would, Gao would <laughs> say that right. to me every week. Like I don't yeah. know why, but it just pops up <laughs> all the time. But that that whole exchange is uh, is, is really entertaining. But yeah, uh, Ali Ermi is. is Every single thing that comes out of that guy's mouth is quoted. Yeah, a hundred percent, absolutely everything, absolutely everything. So, if you want to know what the notable quotables are for Full Metal Jacket, just go and watch the first forty-seven minutes. 
you get them there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that I reckon that's enough for that. We don't need to to do any more on that. So we can slide into the segment that one of us has been waiting for. Film school for F-wits. Take it yes, away, Dan. Yes. Uh, very look. New name, fellow F-wits this week. Damo requested a name change. I'm I'm fully on board with it. So film school for F-wits is from now on in. And this week, I thought I'd take a look at the five best and three worst performances by non-actors in movies. So uh, I, I think that we'll, we'll start with best, and this is it's in no particular order, but just ones that have struck me over the years. So it's actually TV and movies. So I did expand it a, a little more. But uh, one one actor that uh, I was very impressed with recently who had no experience was in the film Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler, which is, if you haven't seen that, it's just, it's a brilliant flick. And it's great movie. Adam Sandler is this ridiculous figure that just makes the worst movies on earth that are ever committed to film and then comes up with these roles where he's just an incredible actor. So Uncut Gems is brilliant, worth a look. But um, Kevin Garnett, the ex-NBA star, actually plays himself in in that film. And he's brilliant. Great. Very, very good. No acting experience to, um, to, to speak of, but... Definitely worth a look. Uh, go out and check that one out. How depressing um, is that movie? Yeah, uh, it's it's a, it's a great. Again, going into that not knowing what to expect, I yeah. was just so blown away by that whole yeah. performance by him. And uh, uh, yeah, just uh, I can't speak highly enough. I'm sure we'll do uncut gems on the uh, on the podcast soon um, because you know, that's kind of the style of movie we do. Fucking never. <laughs> so um, uh, another one was uh, and and moving into TV land quickly was uh, a. a a TV series that is, uh, I mean, it's arguably number one ever, if, if definitely in the in discussion, but is The Wire. And uh, Felicia Pearson, who plays Snoop. Yes. So Gao, obviously a big fan, but no acting experience whatsoever. Came from the hood, essentially, in Baltimore and was uh, was found by David Simon and the producers. And uh, she is just incredible. So Yeah, she's, she's unreal in that show, isn't she? She's a hit woman. They found her in a club somewhere. Yeah, oh, didn't they? And, and, and she's just so chilling in that movie. Chilling oh, that is series, a brilliant, yeah, brilliant way to put it, Gal. I think that's exactly what she is, chilling. Because, I mean, most of her lines, she's, she's indecipherable. You cannot understand a word that she's saying half the time. Mm. But she's able to convey just this cold-blooded, chilling killer. That yeah. uh, on 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 the streets, so uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. With um, with yeah, she is cold. Experience. She is cold, cold in that show. Um, another one, kids. Another film we've talked about a little bit on this. Uh, another another pretty harrowing oh, viewing God. experience. Not quite Requiem for a Dream, but definitely up there, especially the Brutal. final scene. But um, two actresses, actors. Everyone's an actor these days. Uh, Rosario Dawson and Chloe Sevigny had never never acted before before that movie, and um, uh, 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 both mesmerizing especially as young teens uh in film and and just a uh, just a brutal movie experience no, really don't watch, it. A, do no, don't watch it yeah, do it's... watch it f weeks but yeah don't expect to feel good no. after it it's, uh, no, it's don't a, watch it's it another harrowing flick but yeah those two are brilliant this one um i didn't actually know but uh, found out when i was doing a bit of sniffing around on this one but wolfgang bodison bodison um, yeah. Does that that name? Oh, Gals, Gals picked up on it. Why do you look a bit blank? Any does that, that ring a bell? No, I, I, I think who is it? So uh, you might know him better as Lance Corporal Harold W. Dawson out of a few oh, good men. Really, never never had acted before, and uh, was actually working as a, as an assistant to Rob Reiner, who encouraged wow. he was him on to set, yeah. audition. Yeah, wow. yeah, encouraged him to audition for the film. I couldn't think of another actor in that role. Like he he just, he carries that film. He is incredible. Yeah. 
I think that um, lots of close-ups. Like he, he's got a lot of work to do. He's in, good. In that film. He's not. He's such star, an asshole. But, such an yeah. asshole. Yeah, and but come, you know, comes good at the end, and 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 sort of, I guess. Um, uh, Officer on deck. It's a bit. It's a bit preachy. The the end of yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, but that, that, that's what you get. Uh, but yeah, no acting experience, and obviously Ali Ermi in in Full Metal Jacket, who is just incredible. So he's uh, rightfully was recognised as uh, a linchpin of this film, and um, and certainly when other films that he went on to uh, to be a big part of, like Seven, which we all enjoyed. But this role, I mean, there's just absolutely nothing like it as far as someone bursting onto the screen and, and carrying a masterpiece like uh, yeah, Full Metal Jacket. You're forgetting one. Oh no, I'm sorry, I've got. I've got, oh, yeah, no, I've got, I've got, uh, well, one more. I've got an honorary mention for six. There's the entire cast of City of God, the uh, the subtitles Brazilian film that we talked about a few weeks ago. Of so course, Morgs. They're all non actors, and that's another brilliant film that fellow F which you should look at. But G Man, who have I forgotten? Is that your last one? You, you've forgotten one, Morgs. They're just my best. That That's all my right. personal best. But yeah, no, obviously, there's many, many what more. Ab- who, what right. about who were you thinking? What about Inspector Todd? I did know. I, did, I liked it. It's only because we've talked at length about. Is that fucking folly in here? <laughs> at, at length about Inspector Todd. He actually, I actually erased him from my notes because I'm like, no, we've done Inspector Todd to death. But yes, yeah. former former Detroit policeman, absolutely crushes it in Beverly Hills Cop One and Two. Um, yeah, love Inspector Todd, but didn't didn't make it this time. But yeah, good good get. But anyway, that's the five best. My three worst. So I, I, first of all. I'll throw it to you guys too, and I know I'm throwing this cold at you, but anyone that, that comes to mind when you think about worst non-actor performances um, in, in movies, surely there's a, there's a couple that uh, would take you. Let me give you a hint. Actors who – sorry, um, athletes who decide that uh, they want to be in movies. Well, like Shaquille O'Neal in anything is terrible. What about Michael Jordan in Space Jam? Bad. He's actually not he good. Bad. I haven't, I haven't seen all it, so I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out. Pretty there. wooden, to but um, yeah, not not notably awful, but super uh, bad. Yeah. yeah. What about the kid that played Frank Dukes as a kid? Yeah, we haven't yeah. mentioned yeah. him for a while. Very good. Uh, yes, hot, but probably the worst actor ever <laughs> committed to to film. So that is a good get. But I no, think... I was actually thinking more in your favourite genre, Gal, and uh, a film with uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. Starring as his co-star, one Dennis Rodman in Double Team. Oh, yeah, it's bad. Awful. He's not good. He's not good. Rodman's a a really interesting character. Obviously, The Last Dance, we we learned a lot about him. And, you know, he's a a cultural attaché to North Korea. So he's, he's lived he's lived a life that cat, but yes, not uh, he he just needs to be himself, not uh, not in movies with John Claude Van Damme, but terrible. But Gao, you'll love this. My favourite two worst are actually from the one film, and they're surfers. One goes by the name of Mark Ocalupo, the yes. other goes by the name of oh, Robbie Page in North Shore. North Shore. Our favourite bad movie ever. But those two, it is like they they are their, their performances are just. So woefully bad, they're awesome. But um, they, they will always stick in my mind as being two guys who couldn't even deliver their lines with it without looking like someone was 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 pricking them with nails at the time. So uh, well, mate, that is one of the best the, worst movies ever. Yeah, but no, I'm not knocking North Shore. I love that. Movie. No, great movie, but yeah. When I was looking at three worst non-actor performances, I can't. The first time you watch North Shore and just hear those guys saying their lines, it's uh, it's what just about incredible. what about and that, that was the I'm going to hit the inside bowl. I'm going to go straight outside. <laughs> I'm 
I'll catch you outside. <laughs> to think that, though, like, obviously, they would, it wouldn't have been one take with those guys, but that was the best takes that they used in the film. So imagine what was on the cutting room floor. Yeah, not, not yeah, awful, imagine, awful. yeah, imagine it. So uh, anyway, <laughs> that's uh, that's my five or six best and, and three worst uh, non-acting performance. Because obviously, Ali Ermi is uh, is just outstanding in this film. You know, he's nice a work, dead, set, dead set superstar turn, Ali Ermi. Well done, Morgs. Another quality film score for F Wits. You're going from strength to strength. Okay, so after obviously after Morgs has sort of lubed us up with film school for F Wits. It's time to slide inside with Stan Bush's kick-ass credit song. And I'm on the podium today, and uh, I've got to say, that I, I, the bar's been set high in the past, and I'm not sure this one's really going to get there. And I've, I've taken a bit of a, a left-hand turn from the power ballad, and I've, I'm sort of kicking back into, uh, into rock. Nice. I, I, had a, I like that new intro. Uh, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Well done, Gal. <laughs> very, very good. We should hopefully we have slotted it in this time round. You've killed it after last week. It missed the cut, but look, I, I threw a few names around. Uh, one name was called Two Buku. Another one was I can't even remember what the other one was. What one was it, Morgs? Um, oh, they're all good. Two, not Two Buku was uh, no, <laughs> not Two Buku. Shout out and, to the Northern Beaches Curse. That was excellent. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> And uh, I settled on, oh, it was uh, Paris Island Romance was another uh, title. But I've settled on Born to Kill, Live to Love. That was, and this yeah, is, that was definitely my favourite. This is the uh, Stan Bush kick-ass credit song, Born Before to Kill. Before you go, are we one verse, one chorus? Yeah, essentially it is, yes. It's, right. it's a short what one. What do you mean essentially? It, well, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, no, 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 it is. It's, it's, yes, essentially. This is binary. There's one, yes there, or no? There is one chorus, and there may be sort of three verses into the one chorus, but it's very okay. short. It's very short. Let's hear it. Born to kill, live to love. Here we go. This is my rifle. Its name is Suzanne. There's only one. I like it. It saves my life. That's the plan. The gunnery sergeant's a bit of a dick. He don't like jelly donuts. Makes us run to a sick. There's Joker and Cowboy and Private Pile too. Hartman's gonna try to side. He'll die in the loo. Pile will shoot him right in the guts. He's sad and he broke. And then he'll turn the rifle on himself. A bullet straight down his throat. I'm born to kill, but I live to love. If you're going to pound those hookers, you'd better wear a glove. I was born to kill, but I couldn't hide. I was never too buku when I lived in Ambleside. I was born to kill, but I live to love. <laughs> awesome. That was a a little challenging with your phrasing there at the back end of the versing. Uh, you you, you put yep. quite a few syllables into that last. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that I, I, one, I, I, I remember. It's hard, it's hard sometimes on the wording. Yeah, look, I lost. To be honest, I lost it. I lost it there how, for a bit. Uh, how uh, completely inappropriate is a Stan Bush kick-ass credit song for Full Metal Jacket too? Which is just makes <laughs> it even better. Absolutely, you know. But just remember, if you're going to pound those hookers, you'd better wear a glove. <laughs> anyway, that's another one down. That'll, that'll that's straight into the uh, the soundtrack. Uh, the Born to Watch soundtrack. Let's head into Star of the Show, and we're going to go with Gao. What are your thoughts, mate? Pretty close between Vincent D'Onofrio and R. Lee Ermey, but I'm going to go with R. Lee Ermey. I mean, we've talked about it back and forward, so I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Morgs. 
Same for me. Yeah, it was out of those two as well, and I'm going to go with Ali. Incredible performance. Yeah, yeah. And me too. It's Ali Ermi. It's it's actually not even it's not even close in my eyes. As good as D'Onofrio and Modine are, he just steals the show. He's a freak. Well done. So Stanley Kubrick throws his hand in the ring and does a Vietnam War movie that's not like any other. Well played. It's one of the greatest Vietnam War movies ever made. I think there's no doubt about that. And really, there's nothing more to say. And we should just head straight into the rank bank. We'll start with you, Morgs. How are you ranking? And it's pretty easy. It's prime Alabama. (laughs) 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 Fucking hell. And it's pretty easy today, apparently. It's prime Alabama black snakes. Oh, so see, I was going to go with peanuts out of my shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. But, That's not bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with either. So you could fix it uh, whichever way you go. But yeah, if it's, I, if you haven't seen this movie, I can't believe it. But it, this is one of my favorite films of all time. It's four and a half Alabama black snakes every day of the week. Uh, that's my highest rank I've given to a film on this series of discussions. Uh, brilliant, brilliant film. Definitely four and a half. What about you, Gal? This is a really good movie. I'm giving it four Alabama Black Snakes. Well done. I'm giving it 4.25 Alabama Black Snakes for me. Morgs has got the highest rating. Yeah. Which is incredible. Are you still putting this in your phone? Fuck yeah. Oh dear. Kramer uh, High, you have a lot to answer for. That's all mate, I've, I've got, I'm trying to do 30 things. So it's 4 and 4.25 and 4.5. I'm, I'm trying to do 30 <laughs> things. It's 3. Oh, I don't fucking know. 4.25. <laughs> 4.25. Forget Stephen. This is my favourite part of the. It's just incredible. Let's How just, are you a functional on. adult and well, can't okay. get that? Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. How many of us here? Has got two screens open, uh, a roadcaster here, looking at a screen, controlling two Muppets and looking after his own stuff. Me, right? It's a mental load that no one would know. Respect. Mate, don't, don't, don't let the fans know how the sausage okay. is made. I like them to think that we've got a full production team. You and your sausage. This. You and your sausage. Mate, it was 4 and 4.25 and 4.5. I still don't know. <laughs> right? I still don't know. Right. And I even actually made it easy for me by going by with 4.25. Okay, look, so it's 4.25, Black Alabama Black Snake, <laughs> isn't it? Is that what it is? <laughs> can, we, can we have two two uh, ratings for this one? Can we have both Alabama Black Snakes and Peanuts out of my shit? Okay, well, look, okay, gal. so where does that put us in the uh, pantheon of Born to Watch movies? Well, it's going to put us into equal fourth spot at 4.25 with Die Hard. 4.25 toasted quarterbacks right below first blood at 4.33 king shit cops and above the guard at 4.17 derringers. So yeah. into equal fourth. There we go. That's, it's, that's, it's a, royalty. that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good uh, outcome, I think. Yeah, that's born to watch royalty. There's no doubt about that. What are we watching? Morgs, what are you watching? What have I been watching this week? I watched, fuck, I don't know. I've been busy this week. There's been a bit going on on the land. I actually can't remember what I've been watching this week. There must have been something. Oh, these, yeah, the Australia 2 doco on um, on Netflix, the, uh, untold. the Untold story. Untold. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's excellent. If we'd watch that, it's brilliant. What about you, Gail? I have been watching Better Call Saul 
on Morgs' recommendation. I'm up yeah, to the end of Series it. 2, and it's, like you said, it's a slow burn, but it's it's really going well. I really like the show. Did you see that they got snubbed yet again in the Emmys? Better Call Saul. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, been, yeah. it's been nominated for something like 47 Emmys and not won a and single won one. And won absolutely really? zero. So, yeah, yeah wow. which is just utter bullshit. So, uh, That's yeah, why I haven't watched That's crazy. Not, and not just um, not just the lead actor. It's um, Rhea Selborne, someone, I think, who, who yeah, plays yeah. Uh, Rhea Kim, Seaborn, yeah. Kim Drexler. Yeah, he's just, she's just, especially in the You Wouldn't Have Seen It Yet, Gal, but the final season, she's just absolutely mesmerizing. So uh, just in this understated brilliance, it's not ridiculous. Yeah. Emmys, fuck off. <laughs> we have okay, it. look, I, I've started something new this week. I've been looking, actually looking for a way to watch this, and it's called The Bureau. It's a French show. Uh, it's about French intelligence officer returning home after being undercover for six years. And I've watched two episodes of it. It's subtitled, so you'll probably love it, Morgs. It is playing on Plex. I just, I just got half a bar about you talking about it. Yeah. What, where yeah, where can you watch it? It's on Plex. It's also on SBS On Demand. Yep. Okay. So, uh, mate, it's, it's, got five ep- it's got five seasons. There's 50 episodes of it, so it's something you can dive right into. It's actually – I got it because Ricky Gervais said that he was – he was watching it. So, yeah, look at the Bureau. Very, very good. I'm only a couple episodes in, but looking forward to to watching five seasons of that. Okay. I forgot, I forgot one that I've been watching too. Sorry, sorry, if we but welcome to Wrexham. Welcome to Wrexham. Uh, the no, one yeah, I've heard about that. Yes, yes. It's awesome. Yeah, watch it. Yeah. Really good. Okay. Yeah. Is, it like, is it like This is Sunderland? Because that's freaking cool. It's very, very much like This is Sunderland, but better. Yeah. So, oh, okay. not even better, oh. just different. Yeah, it's good. Okay, perfect. That's Is that on Disney? It's on Disney, yes. Yeah, okay. Well done. Well played. Okay, another cracking episode. Almost going as long as the movie again, but loving life while we do it. Thank you very much for joining me, Gao and uh, Dan. Well done. What are we doing next week? Is it my pick? It is your pick. Uh, do you want to tell us what we're doing next week, Daniel? I would like to say, fellow f we're going to be a little bit contemporary, Not certainly not super contemporary, but uh, a flick that uh, I return to often – uh, Leo DiCaprio, absolute finest. The Wolf of Wall Street, people, get ready. This is going to be a biggie. Yeah, that's a cracker. Good choice, Morgs. Yeah, it's, it, it will be hard to go as long as the movie uh, in this next it, That's uh, a long, bloody movie, you're right. That's so, a, yeah, but, yeah, so, yeah. but Scorsese, DiCaprio, uh, match made in heaven, and I'm looking forward to this one. I've seen it about 100 times. Yeah. 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 I, I, I would, Great I would, flick. No. What was over unders on Full Metal Jacket? We forgot to talk about that. What do you reckon? We didn't do it. Well, let's do that now before we go out. Over and unders yeah, on yeah. Full Metal Jacket. What do you reckon? Uh, I'm going to set it at uh, 30. It's a, it's an old movie. Gal, yeah, over, over 30 for sure. Yeah. Okay, Morgs. Same, over 30. Yeah, and I'm well over 30. That was easy. Wolf of Wall Street will be a cracker. Looking forward to that one. And until we see you and hear you on the line next week, it's bye for now. Good night from Matthew and his team. See you, Star Wars bra. You're my new favourite. Sorry, Colour Perp. Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends.